Welcome to the Love Girl Talk podcast. We're here to confront our deepest doubts, celebrate our dignity, and offer softly to land. We invite you to cozy on up with your favorite cup of coffee and share in our sisterhood of self-worth. And as we chat, remember, you are enough. You are worthy. You are loved. Larkin. With me today is my incredible co-host, Shannon White. Shannon, how are you feeling today? Extra sporty? (laughs) Extra sporty. No sweatpants are on, but I feel like they might be needed later. What are you up to, Julie? How are you? I wore my baseball cap just for the sporty occasion. I'm very excited about today. Oh, there you go. That's cute. (laughs) Because we have a special guest on with us today who I love to share her story about what it means to be a woman on and off the field. So we're here to celebrate women and all their different journeys in this life. And today we're hopping on the sidelines of a lacrosse field to hear from our one, one of our favorite coaches and talk about all things women in sports and what we learned from that. So Shannon, can you go ahead and introduce our guest and topic for us? Yeah. So today we are chatting with our friend Meg. Meg is a financial planner at Morgan Stanley by day and a lacrosse coach by night. She graduated from Franciscan University of Steubenville. Woot, woot. Um, was a four-year letterman and a three-time captain of their NCAA Division Three lacrosse team. Meg is a Maryland native and loves living in the D.C. area close to her family. She loves anything health and fitness related and is a big Orange Fury fitness fan. She also gets excited when she goes to bed because it means she gets a cup of coffee in the morning. And I cannot wait to ask what's filling up her cup since she loves coffee so much later in the show. But anyways, Meg, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. I'm ready. Thanks for having me, Shannon and Julie. Great to chat with you. <laughs> Girl, we're pumped. And I love just hearing your bio again, just knowing you, because it's it's so you. You are so fun. As soon as Shannon talked about the Maryland uh, area, I just pictured you with you eating all your Maryland crabs. You just have so many adventures wherever you go. And I, I have that. to live up the Maryland culture. It's important as a local. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. I love it. Well, we're thrilled to have you on. This is going to be so fun. Yes. Well, I know Julie and I both have a little sports history, and I honestly haven't dabbled in sports in like a decade now. Um, But Julie, Julie, you were like you were the big soccer player, right? Yeah, our whole family soccer and basketball ran cross country in high school. So. I uh, I told Meg I I watched one of her games a couple weeks ago and I felt like I was back in my childhood just like on the field hanging out all the parents the hot dogs okay. the drinks everything on the sidelines it was great. I think it's so fitting because I was actually in Pittsburgh this weekend visiting my brother and we got to go to one of his like adult old man hockey games um, <laughs> but it was the same thing I was like oh my gosh this is so exciting and when he scored I like yelled that's my brother it was just so fun I love it so I'm really excited to talk about all things sports today what happens on and off the world off the field as a woman in this world I'm very excited I love so, sporty and competitive so you're with the right gal. <laughs> Yes, let's do it. Well, let's just hop right in. Meg, can you just share a little bit about 
your your life, what you're doing with your work um, at the moment, what you're all about right now? Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, work and life right now, what I'm all about. Currently, work is all from home. Um, I'm a financial advisor, uh, as we mentioned, and it tends to be pretty professional. So it's fun to get a little balance with the sport, uh, casual element in there, too. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm loving this um, slower pace of life right now, being from home. Um, I don't have to get dressed up every day and put on makeup and a suit and stuff. Um, and there's no traffic. So I just feel a lot more relaxed. More time for coffee. Yes, dates. lots of coffee. <laughs> um, but I work for a great company and a great team of financial advisors um, that I'm super proud of. And I'm a, I work as a financial planning associate on my team. I'm, I'm also the insurance planning director. So I do mm. all of that with my, my group of, of, uh, of other advisors and staff. Um, and I've been doing that for the last five years. And then the best thing about my job, I think, is that I do get to coach so much lacrosse on the side. I mean, I love my job, but um, the best part about it is the lacrosse flexibility. Um, so I coach two teams on the side. Um, one is a travel lacrosse team, and then the other is a high school lacrosse team, um, which kind of lends it to be another full year-round job that I'm doing with a couple weeks off in the summer. Wow. So lots of lacrosse on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, as as Julie said, I do a lot of other things in the side uh, for fun. I mean, I uh, I live in near DC, so I'm really involved in the community here. And yeah, love my fitness stuff and doing Orange Theory. I'm about to start my lacrosse season that I play in, so I'm really excited for that. Oh, fun! Yeah, Beautiful. so keeping really busy. Life. What's your position, Meg? <clears throat> that sounds exhausting. Like I need a nap, knowing how much you like run in a day. <laughs> you mean like run actually or like run, run between however many jobs that was running on a field running to get to the car to get back to your accounting business like what yeah crazy i got a great story about that talk tell oh. later about balancing all of them i think julie wants to hop that in there <laughs> no i would go go for it meg what's your what's your balance What's your balance secret? Uh, well, I've definitely been coached by great mentors, Julie. Oh my! Goodness. No, I, I uh, for the listeners, Julie has been a mentor of mine, um, and coached me professionally and I guess personally as well. And one of the things we talked a lot about was balancing busy lives. Um, so I've gotten a lot of tips from good mentors, Google Calendar, <laughs> but I have definitely learned the hard way. <laughs> Uh, balancing too many activities. Um, so I was telling you like this story recently about uh, how I was at when I first graduated college. I was I was dedicated to staying very involved in lacrosse in any way that I could. So I was working my full time job. I was coaching uh, two lacrosse teams. I was mm. on a lacrosse team and I was refing lacrosse all after work. Wow. So it was a lot of lacrosse. And, um, and it was too much. So I learned then that I couldn't do that much lacrosse. I had to pick. And what I chose was coaching most of the time and then playing sometimes and no refing. But um, I'm on the way from, I'm at work and I'm finishing up my, my day at work and I'm rushing out of the, the door and I realize that I'm late for the, my refing. And it's my last ref game of the season and my first um, official 
they're they're like evaluating me. Um, so I'm I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm late for this game and I'm about to get evaluated. So I'm I'm like feeling pretty stressed. So I get onto the highway in DC, which at 4:30 is a nightmare. nightmare. Yeah, just traffic. <laughs> and I'm going from northern Virginia up into Montgomery County, Maryland, which is like normally a 30-minute drive, and it's like an hour gridlock. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have to get there. I'm so stressed. So I hop into my car and I'm driving and I am like, okay, cool. I'm going to save some time. I'm just going to you know, change right now. So I'm oh, in like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and I'm in gridlock traffic, which is fine because we're not moving. And um, so I, I like, you know, shimmy out of my, my uh, work clothes, which is like a suit. <laughs> And I have my little ref outfit, the little skirt and stripes. And so I, I'm like, great. I get my, uh, you know, clothes off and I'm uh, popping on my ref uniform <laughs> while I'm, you know, moving forward. And I uh, hit the car in front of me. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, <sighs> oh, gosh. This is not <laughs> And I'm late also, so I'm like really stressed. So I pull over to the side and got out of the car with, and not, with, like with the wrapping outfit yeah, on yeah not way. fully on oh. either I had like I like quickly put the shirt on because I was like I'm gonna have to get out of the car without any clothes on like what <laughs> <laughs> so I pulled on the ref shirt and I had like spandex and no shoes and a ref polo oh and the guy was like oh oh hi and I was like I'm so sorry you can take a picture of anything you need but I really have to go and he's like all right Sure. So, <laughs> of course, yeah, it was really embarrassing. It makes me cringe, but I love it. Wow, I love it. That like yeah. actually brings me back to high school. Like going from soccer to dance class, putting yeah. like tights over my dirty yeah. knees, and just like in the back seat, like having dinner, having. <laughs> Yep. It like it just comes with the culture. It does. Yeah. Making it work. Making it work. I love that. But I that game I missed a really important call too. Like it was a girl got hit in the face and I was like, I cannot do this. I think this is too much. This whole day was like I like I was like crying on the sideline. I was the table ref, so like the parents are all yelling at me on the side. I'm like crying while I'm laughing. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. So I stopped doing that. You can't you can't do that much. It's too much. Yeah. Isn't it wild when you just, you reach your breaking point and sometimes you have hilarious yet tragic <laughs> moments where you're you know throwing clothes on and, and getting car accidents in the middle of the highway. But isn't, I, I, I just think that's, that resonates so true with, with me. And I'm sure so many people listening that, you know, you just, you want to do all the things mm-hmm. and all the things that we love. And then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> we will reach an actual breaking yes. point. Like tears will come, yeah. something will break. And yeah, so this girl got really hurt and it was like, I, at my own, like at my cost really, like I was thought I could do everything and, and be the, the ref. And like, I got, I thought I could do everything and a girl got really hurt because I wasn't in the mental space to be able to mm-hmm. like officiating a good game. Um, but that changed how I do refs too. Like I'm so, I'm, if my girls talk those refs badly, I'm like, get off the field. Like, nope, you are not doing this. Not okay. Um, but anyway. That's such a good point. And, and I remember this point very distinctly in college too. And I think it's happened multiple times over, you know, your, your car story and refing. I remember a point in college where I just came back to my dorm, full book bag, running around doing a million things. It's probably like past midnight. I come into my room and I just like drop the book bag 
And I have the very distinct thought, oh my gosh, I am not Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. I thought that I was capable of all these things and I am utterly exhausted, right? And I think sometimes it's, I don't know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Meg. Sometimes I think that we just, we want to do and be so much and we're capable. Mm -hmm. We have so many gifts, we have so many talents, right? And we have so many passions to help people and do amazing things. And if, if we don't achieve all those things, sometimes we can feel like a failure, right? Yes. And so I'm wondering your perspective on that, you know, what you think about failure and worth and, and if you have any lessons that you want to share with us on that. Sure. Um, yeah, I think I always think of especially failure and loss and being a coach. This is something I think about a lot because like failure is inevitable in a lot of ways, but also necessary um, because I think that without failure you don't at all know what it really feels like to be successful or to feel that win um, and I talk to my girls about that all the time too just that like feeling the loss is a good thing and I and I'll even say if you're not emotional right now then like that's mm-hmm. actually not okay like you should feel this mm-hmm. this like pit or this this like emotion you should feel it it's okay feel the emotion mm-hmm. feel the pain because if you like go into that, let yourself feel it so that when the win comes, it's that much more powerful because you've really felt the depth of the loss. So yeah, wow. I think, love it. Yeah. Failure is necessary. We need it. it. And it helps bring perspective. Just how you said, like you felt like you weren't being fully present in what you were doing. I wasn't being fully present in my officiating and refing. So yeah, when yeah. you feel those losses or those pains, it, it can bring into perspective a lot of the other things that you're are out of balance in your life. So yeah, not fun to feel, but really necessary. Totally. And, and good. Like you said, yeah. we should feel those, the negative emotions of, of loss or we're losing, or that was a really tough game yeah. because otherwise we're just, we're kind of robotic. Like we, we have to feel those Absolutely. feelings uh, to experience the wind. Especially as women, we, lo- we need <laughs> emotion. It's important. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sometimes we try. Sometimes we try to numb it out, yeah. but it's so important to feel it. I think on top of that, like as women bouncing all these things, failures mixed in there, successes mixed in there, we so much like wrap our worth up into what we're doing too, right? Like I'm worthy if I'm roughing, if I'm coaching, if I'm um, having my full-time job, if I'm balancing all my friendships, I'm Mm -hmm. all of a sudden not worthy if I have to quit roughing. I just think that's so not true, but it's so totally how we think. Right. So I kind of love your thoughts about how you have to fail a little bit to almost kick yourself in the butt to see like, no, like I'm still fine. I just took a a loss instead of a win. That's okay. But also being able to take the step back in that moment. And I always say macro it out, like go even wider out and be able Mm -hmm. to recognize the things you're doing like should relate to your deep rooted values and beliefs mm. and those things still tie you to those deep values and beliefs whether or not you're winning or losing and they're just kind of giving you an, a place to live out that, those deep that that fulfillment for me like lacrosse is so fulfilling but, but it also connects to a lot of my deeper held beliefs and values and whether or not I win or lose I'm still feeling that fulfillment wow. from actualizing that potential in myself so wow I think that's important for us when we're balancing a lot of things. And it also helps to prioritize because you're like, is this bringing me to my, my deepest fulfillment 
Is it connecting to those values? And how do I, like, I can make that choice to pull something out because it's not helping me. Yes. And you can, you can make that choice, right? Like it is, it is in your power to do that. And, and that's, that's really inspiring, Meg, in and of itself. And I remember even, you know, when we used to get together and chat about life and, Mm -hmm. and work and everything, I remember you having this sheet. We did an activity about values and I was so blown away by you. Actually, (laughs) you took it so seriously, like no one else I'd ever seen before. And I was so impressed that you knew your worth, you knew your value and knew what your values were. And I just remember you like highlighting the whole page. You sent me this whole document. I was like, shoot, (laughs) this girl is on top of her life because she's going back to her roots and you weren't going to do anything that did not match your values. And I thought that was just super inspiring. So, so maybe if you wouldn't mind, maybe not all of the values, Meg, but maybe if you'd be willing to share a few of those values where you do feel that deep fulfillment, like what, where does lacrosse fit in with those values? Where, do, how do you keep coming back to those roots and, and maybe, yeah, what are some of the values that can inspire those listening today? Wow. This is a putting me on the spot. <laughs> I've only had one cup of coffee so far today. Oh girl, you need at least two by this point. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm behind. Um, so yeah, this is a harder question. I'm not gonna lie, but um, because I I think that a lot of my personal, like your personal values, can be so like. Hold on, hold on. Let me just think this about this for five seconds. Yeah, you can think about this for sure. I know I threw a curveball. What is, what is it called in lacrosse? What's a what's the an equivalent of a baseball curveball in lacrosse? A curveball. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. Do we have? I don't even know baseball very well. Um, I also don't know lacrosse. Nick and I went to the game, and we were like, "What does it mean for them to run around? Or are they allowed to run behind the goal? I don't know. They I don't are. know. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. saying, like, we're so excited for a sporty episode, and neither of us studied up on terms or. <laughs> I, I can talk about it very high level, so don't worry. I'm not going to go into depth. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I think like, because I have definite like values and virtues that I find to be very important to me that I try to live out in my personal life. But then like, I mean, one of my big values and things that are important to me is like the, specifically with lacrosse is um, that we have been given these beautiful bodies that can express so much of how God created us. Um, And it's like, how am I going to actualize that in my everyday life? And like, part of that is like coaching lacrosse, but also part of that is like living that out in my own life. And like, how am I going to dedicate myself to like making sure my body I'm in shape and like take getting enough sleep and like those kinds of things. Um, so like that value also can of, of personal health and fitness also lends itself to a lot of other virtues that I believe in and, and I'm trying to actualize in my life. I also try to instill in my girls. So that's like one big thing. And sometimes yeah, sometimes it can be hard to to be like, is my, you know, health and fitness as important as my dedication to like, you know, a, a living a deep and fulfilling life, like connected to mm-hmm. God and my family and friends. It's like, how do I balance those two? Yeah. But yeah, you, I just try to check off the box. That sounds terrible, I guess, but <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no. yeah, I don't know. Does that I think that's beautiful. And I also wonder, like, those are your personal, those are your roots. Those are your virtues. Those are your values. But Mm -hmm. you have this awesome privilege of like 
guiding young women, right? You said high school, um, that's a tough time. So I wonder like what lessons do you bring into your coaching style too, that Mm -hmm. not only you live out, but what do you try to instill in those who you're guiding? Uh, yeah, so I I'm still I coach at a at a like an independent school Catholic, and then I also coach at a um just a secular club. So that can be interesting because like I want to bring those values to my secular players as much as I do to my the my Catholic players. So that can be a, a big balancing thing. Um, and you can't just like you know pop out virtue in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> um, but I do kind of like. <laughs> Sometimes I do though. Let's. Be- <laughs> um, uh, so, um, but I, I do try to live out those virtues that I want to instill in them, and maybe I don't call it a virtue, but I do inst- like put those kinds of things into our like pregame talks, or we chat at the beginning of every practice about just what you know practice is going to look like. We talk about the games and just how people are feeling, because um, I I want them to feel like they have an open pathway between me and them. Um, so I guess, yeah, that's one big thing is open communication. I want them to know that they can talk to me and feel like they have somebody like, uh, you know, on their side, on the court with them. But anyway, so one big one that I think is really good for high schoolers, um, is, is humility. And I always thought of humility as like something that was kind of negative when I was younger, that like, you have to be humble and like, like, Mit yourself or whatever but now I understand like and something I had a mentor in my life my college coach was instrumental for me in a lot of this but like humility is is being yourself for who you are um not being too hard on yourself but also not being like viewing yourself as as bigger and better than you are and so I I think like the the negative side is really hard for for young women in a lot of ways because we're so hard on ourselves and like as a player, I used to just beat myself up all the time over anything that I did wrong, even just the smallest mistake. Um, I played uh, offense. So like I was all I mean, I was looking to score. That was my job. Like that's my role on the field. And so if I messed that up and I didn't get the goal, I would beat myself up instead of being able to recognize that the defense did a great job. Like, no, they shut down my shot. Like so in both ways, it, it was me thinking poorly of myself and being too hard on myself and not seeing myself for a great attacker. Attack is offense in lacrosse. And then, but at the same time, not seeing the defenders and the goalie for doing their job. So like, that's humility is just being able to say, I did my job as best as I could and they did their job and like, we're all as good. You know, we're both being humble in this moment yeah. as opposed, yeah, as opposed to be take, taking things out on yourself. No. So important. That's so hard. Yeah. It's really hard. And it sounds like we're like practicing it by just, you're mastering it every day by the practice that you put in. Yeah. I try to. And I try, it's hard to like do with them because like it's hard to give them actual examples besides like talking it through, you know, but, Mm. but I do try to, to talk to them about humility as a big value that we go over. Gosh. And that's something we just don't see in our world yeah. very much at all, yeah. right? And we even talked about that at Girl Talk, right? We're, we're all about understanding our worth and our value and, and recognizing that, right? Just who we yeah. are and we are worthy, yes. we are enough. And that is so important. Yeah. And, then, and then on the other side of it, Shannon and I talk about this all the time, we can go too far. You can go to the, the totally, it can be expressed negatively, right? Because yeah. you can go to the total other end of the spectrum and say, 
well, I am the best and everything I do is perfect. And the reality is, like you said, like, okay, you did the best that you could on offense and the defense did a pretty darn good job too. So, you know, we just have to be humble in those daily life moments too. Yeah. I'm just thinking, wow, I wish you were my coach. I don't think I even knew the word humility till I was 21 years old. Like I, I, and even if they don't fully grasp the word humility and like what it means, I I just think it's so cool that that's a word that is even used on the field because I didn't have that. That's, that's just awesome. Yeah. I'm not, I really didn't think about that before, but true. I'll be a pump up girl any day. (laughs) We always like a cheerleader on the sideline, actually. That's right. Um, But I also think, like, another thing that goes hand in hand with this for, like, on, for, like, especially on the team is, like, you do need to recognize when you've made a mistake, but, like, in a healthy way. So, like, um, the more that you can do that, like build that habit of being like okay cool that was my mistake how can I fix it like I I always I'm like you cannot dwell on the negative if you don't have that next action step you can't like like don't beat yourself up over missing the shot it's how could I have gotten out of traffic away from the the goalie and the defender to maintain possession of the ball or like as a defender like how could I as a goalie how could I have moved a little quicker to, to stop that shot or like really was there no chance you know and, and then if there's nothing I can do to change it we're not focusing on this yeah so so I always try to make sure that we like take ownership um of our mm-hmm. mistakes and, but and our successes but like on the field we really need to like be like looking for those extra seconds or at moments where we could have made a incremental change and like I had a we had a game this season where I was, and I can get very upset on the sideline. I'm a very competitive person. The girls know that. I often apologize to them after the game. I'll be like, don't do as I say, not as I do. Um, <laughs> but there was one game where I was just like so mad at them because we were we were messing up this one skill in lacrosse. The ball will drop out of your stick because um, we, we, you know, the game's mostly played with the stick, the ball in your stick and you're passing the ball from stick to stick. Um, but the ball drops. It happens all the time in from the highest level to the lowest levels. And so there's this skill, it's called ground balls, and you have to like pick up the ball properly with good form um, to be able to maintain possession of the ball. So we're like dropping the ball everywhere and we're not picking up the ball at all. And I was getting so mad at the girls. Like I'm like on the sideline, I'm so angry at them. And then I had this like huge moment where all of a sudden I was like, when was the last time we worked on ground balls? Like I'm, we're in this on the sideline. I I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is my fault. Like they're bad at this because of my coaching. So like I, at the end of the game and like at the next practice, like I, I was like, okay, I'm going to show this, like, this is me taking ownership guys. This was my fault. Like I failed you as your coach. We did not work on this skill. And then not only that, but I also got mad at you for doing something that I never taught you how to do. And that is my fault as your coach. And like, I'm going to come up with a way at at how I'm going to make it up for to you guys, because that's not fair as a teammate. Like I'm your teammate too, as your coach. So we like talked about it. Um, and I was like, okay, all right. So like, from now on, we're working on ground balls. And like, I checked the practice plans. They're not there. I didn't do it. And like, uh, here, this is me taking ownership. Like, and you, we all need to do this on the field if we're missing something that we're not doing for our teammates. So anyway, I think wow. it's important, but so is owning your own mistake. And like, again, it starts with me. Like I have to be the one demonstrate that to them. That's awesome. Sure. Well, that, 
That is, it's incredibly awesome. I mean, that, that is humility, right? Like you're taking ownership there. I mean, wow. I, what a woman, (laughs) like what a coach. I mean, an example for your girls, you know, that, that are playing on your team, your players, like, I don't think that, that is such a rare example, Meg, that you're giving to them in saying, okay, I'm taking ownership of it. It's my fault. Now I'm going to take an action step Mm -hmm. to make up for this, you know, and so that we can get these ground balls. I mean, that is so rare. And I think especially for young girls, for young kids, I think that's just, I don't think we heard that a lot growing up. I don't think kids today hear that a lot growing up, young women, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, I think it's very powerful to see someone that they admire and respect so much take that ownership um, and to take the humble road, right? And they're like, wow, well, if Meg can do that, maybe I can do that in my life too. Yeah. And like, again, on and off the field, right? Mm -hmm. That's not just my mistake on the field. It's the homework I didn't do for school. It's the dishes that I've totally neglected in the sink, even though my mom asked me 16 times to do something about it. Like that, that trait, that characteristic can just totally transfer over to any other action in their life. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and speaking of those relationships, how they see you as a coach, and I'm sure there's a ton of friendship and relationship building between the girls, Meg, and uh, I'm wondering what your thoughts are um, with the team dynamics? You know, what, what is it like to cultivate a sense of sisterhood among your team and your teammates? Um, yeah, so that's hard because I coach t- uh, teenagers. So um, I, I often, like, I try to reflect a lot about, like, where I was at at that time in my life and, like, what things I was struggling with mm-hmm. and, and, like, what sisterhood looked like, really, because... Um, like I, again, I've said like a lot of this starts with me and if I'm not exemplifying that culture of support and sisterhood on the team, then they're not going to take me seriously if I'm asking them to do that for their teammates. So like, I mean, starting with me, I, um, I try to be very intentional and take time, a little bit of time before every practice to just think about like the image that I'm presenting to them and like who I'm being as a, their role model and as a woman and a sister to them in a lot of ways. So I, I definitely am very reflective of, about that. Um, but also I kind of try to think about like sisterhood with like, I have a sister. I'm so blessed to have her. She's like my best friend in the whole world. But like, I try to think about like what being a sister actually looks like. And like, for me, I, when I was in, in starting coaching, I was like so young and like, I'm, coaching these girls who are like not that much younger than me and I thought I had to be all like stoic and serious and unemotional to be like respected by them Mm -hmm. but no one like you don't want that person as your sister you don't want that person as your teammate or your coach like that stoicism and like lack of vulnerability doesn't really build any sort of relationship so so I kind of like think about how like goofy I am with my sister, but like how I also give her a lot of advice and like hang out with her and like, yeah, I'm, and that support for her. So I try to like give them that sisterhood feeling between them and me um, and encourage them to feel that way with each other. So like I try to let them goof off at practice and like have some time to like hang out with their friends and be social and like have that community, um, but also balanced with like, okay, we got to get some stuff done and like. Yeah. So that always, you know, starts with me, but I, I mean, I, I also try to do the things where you're like, 
recognizing that they can be clicky and like have a group. And so I'll force them to like pass with someone they don't normally pass with or yeah. So I, I want them to break out of their groups and like really have to have that relationship with everybody on the team because it's really important. Yeah. For them to feel that. Well, and they probably, I love what you're saying about the vulnerability aspect here and you not being all stoic and serious. Um, And I think, I think by nature of that, they are able to, you know, focus better and, and listen to your advice, right? Just like with your sister, the Mm -hmm. fact that you are vulnerable and you can be goofy and you can be yourself, you know, we're we're not going to listen to someone who just tells us what to do, but if you're sharing advice with someone and they know, oh my gosh, Meg trusts me and, and cares for me and you know, also reveals, you know, some of her stories of things that were hard in her life. It's so much easier to, to listen and to be open to that advice, you know? Mm, Yes, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, I know we kind of talked about it earlier in the, the aspect of taking a win, taking a loss, what, how to work with failure and just competition, but how do you manage competition like between players? Because even your closest sister, you may still compare yourself to, right? And we, Julie and I, we often go into these high schools and hear a lot about comparison, whether it's, um, I don't have as great of defensive skills as her. I'm not as thin as that attacker. Um, I don't have as great as grades as this other girl on the team. So what's your approach as a coach and as a woman role modeling for these girls, what competition and sisterhood look like? Can they work together or is it just never going to work? I certainly hope they work together. I honestly, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts, your, your two thoughts on this. Cause like, honestly, I have never really thought about that whole level of comparison um, per se, like thinking, Oh, she's better than me, but she's thinner than me. But I know I felt like that, like on the field. So um, and, and especially like, I want to cultivate a level of competition. Like they, they need to be competitive and we need to be thinking I want to win. But yeah, those like thoughts in our head of like, oh, she's better than me. What, like, I don't know. I, what are you, in your experience with girl talk, like what are some of those things that you talk about with them? Hmm. <laughs> Throwing it back. What a coach. Throwing it back at us. I know, right? That's kind of rude. (laughs) What the heck, man? Yeah, come on. Stop calling us to more. No, I needed help. (laughs) No, I just feel like... Honestly, one of the reasons I stopped playing sports is this whole comparison factor. I like went to the private school down the road, but I was still on like a public travel team. And I just felt they all knew each other. They saw each other Monday through Friday. I didn't see them. I've always been a curvy girl and I could still run just as fast as them, but I was like curvy while doing it. So that's weird, apparently. I don't know. Like I just, I just felt the clickiness that comes with teams sometimes. Yeah. And, um, I never like really processed it. I just kind of like naturally got out of it, but I think a lot of it for me did come back to body image, even though I like kind of blame it on the distance factor. Mm. And I remember in college, it was actually at one of our girl talk events. Um, the rugby team presented and they spoke a lot about, um, 
how like each player's physical body is needed for the team and how like the girl with the big thighs, well, she can really like sprint and hold her ground or, um, the girl with the big hands, she's in goal. Um, and like, those are the more, uh, I guess physical practical things, but I just like thought it was so cool that they said like, not only are you needed, but like every different body type is needed. Every single person here is needed. Um, like you were born for greatness. Like let's be great together. I think that really helped me process the comparison game that can happen on a team. But I love that. I am a hundred percent gonna think through how I can present that to my girls. Because like that's hard. You don't have that much time with them, you know. Like, yeah, it's not like I get yeah. like in college. We had so much team bonding and like, right, with your coach and like we had retreat and we had all this time. And like, I don't have much time with my high schoolers. Like, we get to practice. I get like five minutes to maybe instill something, and then like mm-hmm. practicing. So, yeah, yeah, I I love that thought though. Like, yeah, yeah. I know that. Um, like one of the Harvard female teams I don't know which one I might have been rugby they actually like did a photo shoot with it and had like the women on the team write compliments to themselves on different body parts and they like almost printed out a guideline for coaches in a way so I'll, I wow. might have to send that to you I might have to send I would that love to you that. yes that's awesome um because if that's something that's going to keep people from like wanting to play lacrosse I'm like nope we got to clear that one up like everybody I want everybody yeah. to want to play this it's the best sport in the world <laughs> jump on sort in of, sort of <laughs> well, something that I love what uh, Shannon, you're saying about the rugby girls and Meg, what it sounds like you do so naturally with the girls on your on your team is the celebrating each other, right? So I think there is a very good balance of competition with celebrating each other. And mm-hmm. um, when I was in high school, I ran cross country in the junior and senior year. And I think it was my, no, it must have been my senior year. It was my senior year. And one of my other very good friends on the team we both were neck and neck for the seventh spot on the varsity team. So we all ran together. There were like 50 of us, 25 guys, 25 girls. And we all just like ran and, you know, the big pack, if anyone runs cross country, you know, it's like some of the best moments of your life. You're just running and running and having a blast with everyone on the team. And, but there were only seven spots to be on varsity. Mm -hmm. And so when we got to States, we had these seven slots you needed to get. And so this girl and I, like every other meet, we would like be in competition with each other for this slot. And we were really good friends. And so our coach kind of didn't know what to do. And he approached us and he was like, listen, Lexi, Julie, like you two are both like up for this. And I'm not going to decide yet. I'm going to give you this the the next week and a half. And whoever has the highest, you know, the fastest times by the end of this week and a half you're going to go to States. And I remember him having this conversation with us and then walking away and the two of us just looking at each other and we're like, Oh man, like don't do this to us. Right. Like we were so sad that all of a sudden we were going to have this conversation with each other. Right. Like what happens if one of us is faster than the other? Like it's going to happen. One of us is going to win and one of us is going to lose. Right. So we were both really sad about that. But what ended up happening was really cool 
And the fact that we kept running together and we kept challenging each other and we straight up said to each other, like, look, whoever goes, we're going to celebrate the other. We're going to support each other mm-hmm. and because we want the best. And it actually did push us to run faster. Like we, we ran our best in those next couple of weeks and, and it was just, it was the best thing that we both we pushed each other to be more. So we had that competition with the celebration all wrapped up in one. Mm, amazing. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, it was cool. That is cool. <laughs> I yeah. want to know the story, but I know that that's not important in this context. Like, it's like it's more about the lack of, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like that comparison was gone, but I'm like, but who won? <laughs> uh, I did. Yeah. She was trying to be humble. She was practicing that humility that her coach inspired in her. That's right. Then Megan inspired me, but she was a junior, which was perfect. So she went to states next year. So that's awesome. Really well. Wow. It was was great. That's the best way to do it. Meg, you've like mentioned several times as we begin to wrap up, but you've talked about your wonderful college days playing and your own lacrosse days and the mentors and coaches that you had, all the stories with your, your girls. Are there any stories or, or lessons learned from the college days that you want to share with us today? Sure. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, my, my college experience was really the most formative for me in, um, in just like changing how I viewed the game and, and really becoming more authentically myself. Mm. But, uh, and, it, and it shaped my desire to coach. Um, like, cause I, I started playing lacrosse when I was in middle school I ended up going to a high school that did not have lacrosse. And then I uh, transferred to Franciscan um, after a year at a large state university and um, walked onto their D3 lacrosse team. Um, And I hadn't played in four years. So like, I, I mean, it was just like, God was working in all of that, but through all of that, so I, I mean, I lost the sport and then I got it back and I fell so completely in love with it. Um, but because of my college experience, like I know so many people who play in college and they just want nothing to do with the sport, but like I had the best college experience playing lacrosse um, and it made my time at Franciscan and it t- just taught me so much. Like we, my first year, they were starting the program and we won one game out of like 16 and it was painful. Like it, you just, you're getting pummeled with this, with loss over and over and over again. But we had, I mean, my coach was just incredible. Like she took us from a one win game to a one win season to a winning season my, my by my senior year. So we were like, we, wow. we weren't in a conference at the time, but we would have gone to the conference um, championships. And like, we were, we had such a great year that year. So that really helped me kind of like experience that loss into the wins. I mean, and then I, I got like, you know, three years as a captain being, I mean, that's a, a elected position kind of. So like you're, I mean, the coach asks the team like who they want to lead them. So that was like, mm. so such a cool experience for me to like be put into a leadership position by my teammates. And then sure. like, how am I going to lead? Like, and, and I mean, that's a lot of what I wanted to lead by example was was through that because I knew like as a player I'm not giving the pep talks like I just have to play and be the best player I can be so that I can lead my teammates but then the I mean the the most important thing about my college experience was my was my college coach um 
she I I mean she's just an incredible woman um she inspired me to want to coach lacrosse she um, taught me how to be vulnerable in so many ways um really encouraging that in me as a leader and as a teammate it, it, but through her own vulnerability and her own role model or like being a role model for us and she like instilled virtue in in our practices and she like put her passion into practice and like she showed me so much of like who I wanted to be as a coach. I was like, I want to be that woman and I want to make this impact on my girls. So yeah, all of this, a lot of these things that I am talking about, like so much comes from her and like how she taught me how to be a leader and a coach. So she's, yeah, she's amazing. She made me want to be a coach. I still call her up when I'm having issues on the team and just, I'm like, Hey, like, how should I work through this with them? Or like, what do you think is going on here? And she is just the best. So like, um, yeah, so, so thankful for my, my time in college and learning so much about the game, like, and falling so in love with the sport. Like I just adore playing it. Um, but mm-hmm. also like instilling that love of the game into my girls. Cause like, I just, like, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't go too much into the details, but like the thing about the sport is that it's amazing. It's so fun. <laughs> so strategic, so skill heavy. Like you have so many facets, like you use your brain in the strategy, you use your body in the like, like athleticism, but then there's like skill work that you have to do on your own to become mm. a cross player. But anyway, so I just, college across really changed my perspective and really, really influenced by my coach. So yeah, that's what I learned from college across and I had the best experience and it yeah, it really made me fall in love with the cross and want to coach and get to where I'm at. I love that. Gosh, be my coach. Be Seriously. my coach. Seriously. coaches. You guys want to learn the cross? I actually I would totally do it for a day. Sure. Why not? I'd love to teach you. I seriously love <laughs> day long camp. Well, um, teach hey. people in the mall all the time. And Here's, oh, love it. Love it. Your story from a uh, player to coach is pretty cool pretty remarkable and it sounds like you had a lot of people will be there for you along the way and even this episode from start to finish you're just a rock star girl but i know we kind of started with you saying how excited you are for your cup of coffee every morning so i think we could kind of finish with us asking how are you filling up your cup what are you doing for you give us some advice give us your tips coach all right <laughs> um I think, and this is something that's very important to me, like, and I think I've talked about it a lot, is just, like, setting aside that time to reflect. And, like, I mean, I put that time before my practices to be really intentional about what I'm going to, you know, reflect for my girls. But, like, for me, I still need that time of solitude and just no external input, no phone, no computer, just, like, being and like, I think this is, can be done to like, if you're, whether or not you have faith or not, like, um, like I would call that prayer and time with God, but like with my girls, it's like, I can, I just take time, like just being and being with God and being alone. And like, so like having that solitude is really important for me. But yeah, I, I also think like for me working out, it's so important. Like I do not feel uh, fulfilled or like I'm actualizing my potential unless I'm getting that time to work out. So like I do, like I said, I do orange theory. Um, I play lacrosse. So I get those other times when I'm doing those things for me along with like, yeah. And then like normal people hobbies, like 
hanging out with your friends. And like, <laughs> not normal. You're not average. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like puzzles. I love like puzzles and stuff like that. So I just need that time for it. me to like reset and get grounded. Take some yeah. stuff. I love it. But that's what I. Well, that sounds yeah. It sounds like you really have. You've you've reset and you get grounded. I mean, you're you're doing incredible things in this world on and off the fields, like you've been sharing with us. And we're just really grateful, Meg. Seriously, every story that you've shared is just rooted in such integrity. You know, you talk about the vulnerability that you learned from your coach and the humility that you share with your girls. I mean, it's it just it resonates. You're just jumping off the page here, you know, just so many beautiful examples um, for your players and also for all of us to take away. So thank you for sharing them with us. And I think we're going to have a, a lot to chew on and reflect on for sure. after this episode. So thank, thank you so you much for much. having me. I'm yes. awesome. <laughs> thank you for being here. So exciting. It's always fun to have friends on the show. So thank you for being here. And Julie, looking forward, what's coming up for us? What's going on? Yeah, we've got some a lot of great stuff this summer. We're going to be practicing lacrosse with Meg, and then we're also <laughs> going to be getting a lot of great episodes your way this summer. Shannon and I are reflecting on a lot of fun topics that we've been brainstorming together. So we'd love for you to keep listening. Um, and for all of our listeners, go ahead and subscribe to the Love Girl Talk podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to these episodes and you want to listen to more or share them with friends, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the big ones, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, anywhere and everywhere. And then you can go ahead and rate our podcast. Meg says competition's okay, so it's fine to go ahead and rate it. <laughs> and after you subscribed, uh, go ahead and give us an honest review. What do you think about it? What What do you want to hear? What are you enjoying? And, and just give us your feedback. We'd love to hear. Um, we're here for you, and we love building this sisterhood of self-worth with you. It's It's been a real joy. There you go. I love all the little Meg and lacrosse uh, inputs in there. That was really cute, Julie. Um, well, anyways, thanks, Meg. Thanks, Julie. And for all those listening, hopefully we remember on and off the field that we are enough, you are worthy, and that you are loved. Love, girl talk.